is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to either earn or buy someone's love. Hello to everyone who had a father who sold most of your friend's weed when you were in high school. This is the family burrito where two sisters dive into the craziness of childhood, which has impacted our adult life in often confusing and misunderstood ways. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I've had a crazy, um, very busy week. I feel that. Me too. It's been one of those weeks where I've had to do everything twice, but two is a good manifestation number, I suppose. Right place, right time is what the number two means. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed our last episode. I wanted to continue on discussing the roles in families um, where there's addiction, which there's, you know, most of us have those roles. And I think some of these two can be interti- intertwined with like, roles in dysfunctional families which is pretty much everyone um but uh so we talked about you know the first you have like the addict which by the way i hate that word but i don't also call it the everything revolves around the the person that's using the substances or whatever then you have the enabler which we identified with grandma lou then you have the hero which is the overachiever which i don't think that was not me and i don't think that was you there was nobody no hero no 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 hero saved us um, and then there's the scapegoat, which they're blamed for all of the family problems, which I would say that would be dad as well. You know, um, the scapegoat acts out and temporarily distracts attention away from the problems of the addict. He's um, rejected by the parents and does not fit in. Then you have the mascot, which they try to reduce the family stress through humor, being goofy getting into trouble and they're seen as like immature, the class clown um, and they become defensive um, when they're against pain and fear. And then the last thing was the lost child and they are invisible and they don't try to get attention. They're just trying to fly under the radar and they're usually pretty quiet, um, do solitary um, activities and they're kind of living in a fantasy world um so those are like the six roles i personally did not really identify with any of those but when i was looking at dysfunctional family roles those sort of fit like the one that fit more with me was the placator and they describe the placator is typically a girl who may also be the oldest child she's often described as caring compassionate giving and a good listener um, but all of these things, as you become adults, you know, turn into continue like codependent behaviors. And then something I was thought was interesting, I was reading, and this was from verywellmind.com, and it was talking about characteristics of children of alcoholics, which I'll name a few. There's a lot, but um, one was guess at what normal behavior is and having difficulty following a project through from beginning to end lie when it would be just as easy to tell the truth 
judge themselves without mercy. That's definitely me in the past. Have difficulty having fun. Yeah, I would say sometimes. Um, take, take themselves very seriously. Have difficulty with intimate relationships. Okay, this is definitely me for sure, thousand percent. Overreact to changes over which they have no control. I will say that is something that I have been able to identify that when a plan, when it really comes to my kid or something that that's a normal, like should always just go normal, well, and fine, something changes, my brain shuts down. And I look for someone who has a plan, which there never seems to be someone that has a plan, you know. Um, and then I'll name a few others, um, constantly seeking approval and affirmation, feel they're different from other people, super responsible or super irresponsible. Um, they're impulsive and their impulsivity can lead to confusion, self-loathing and loss of control. There's just a whole bunch of lists like they could become approval seekers, frightened of angry people. Um, view life as a victim, love people who need rescuing. That is a thousand percent me too. Makes sense though. I mean, yeah, like they have so much trauma. We have, well, we have so much trauma we have to work with and dysfunctional. Um, that seems like a lot of families, you know, like what family isn't dysfunctional? Exactly. Exactly. Like when the rescuing thing and that's, and I thought I used to think it was just in like an intimate relationship. But then when I started really paying attention, it's been in friendships. Like I used to have a friend that I was always rescuing. She was always moving. I was always like there with a ton of people to help her move. Cause she was in her own codependent thing. But, um, it's, it's been multiple, multiple areas of my life, you know, that I have, rescue try to rescue people i know like now i have this sort of mantra that i say that like i will trust that people will ask for help if they need it and if i start doing something like something simple as buy something off of amazon for someone when they didn't even ask me to i i stop and i say wait what are my needs what do i need to do for myself you know yeah that makes sense and i mean i have literally tried to do the same thing with so many people mm-hmm. um, what is that old saying don't try to fix a bird with a broken wing mm-hmm. you know but that's constantly what we're trying to do yeah and what we're trying to do is what we're trying to do is heal our father which well he 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 had to heal himself you know everybody has to heal themselves like the only way we can help people is by healing ourselves Right. If our if our vibrations are high and we're happy, like just mm-hmm. genuinely happy, not because of one thing or another, mm-hmm. but just because we're happy to be alive and healthy and right, you know, all those things that end up mattering in the in the end, you know. Right. Right. Uh, like, like with my ex husband, like you know, we are like I said, we're we have a very happy divorce and we're good friends and stuff, and you know, I'm dating and I guess he's starting today he won't talk to me about it but that's okay that's good he needs to set that boundary with me it's none of my business whenever he's ready but I was doing I know I've been doing this thing where I've been trying to give him pointers on you know what women want he's not even asking me 
to give him pointers, but I'm trying to bulldoze my way in there and be like, you know, cause I'm like one, I'm rescuing him. I'm trying to get him. I want him to be happy. He deserves to be happy, but he has to figure that out. And so then I was like, okay, I got to just practice what I preach and just respond to him the way I respond in meaningful ways, not just tell him this is what you got to do to be meaningful. You know, this is how you communicate. Just do it, do the thing. And I, it actually worked like he, something, I gave him something for his birthday and, you know, he told me, thank you or whatever. And I just said, I'm glad you enjoy it. You know, and he responded very nice, you know? So we, it's like all this unconscious stuff, you know, (laughs) that from childhood, we want to rescue people. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, I was thinking about it today and I was thinking about the last episode, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, the how did he torture me? Mm. And and it's and I really want to clarify. He tortured me with the thought of always walking in on him being dead. Oh wow! And that's like so. <clears throat> how he passed away and everything is just it's it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Because that was always one of his biggest fears, but always one of my biggest fears as well is walking in on him dead. And so let me ask, I want to ask two things about that. How would he, how would he torture you? Like, would he say, talk about it all the time? No. Okay. So, and I, and I know what you mean by this. So, um, and I don't mean to cut you off. Um, It's basically, I I would walk into the house after like, you know, hanging out with friends or whatever and be 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. He'd be passed out drunk in his chair at that table, you know, mm-hmm. watching TV. And I thought so many times he was dead when I walked in and he was just passed out hard. Mm. And that's what tortured me. Gotcha. Would you, did you ever talk to him about that? Yes. All the time. And he just always blew it off. Like, don't worry about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, very few people just went over there to visit him right like mm-hmm. it was so i was like the odds are very slim mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. somebody else is going to find you <laughs> yeah and you were a kid because my second question was going to be like well then what but if you're a kid you're like this is my only source of food and shelter and that is constantly being threat when you barely have it in the first place right right so then, because that's like in your mind, I mean, I mean, really is your only food, your only source of food and shelter. Cause that's really all he really provided, you know, for the most part. Yeah. And if you did pass away, then like I would be put on somebody else that didn't ask for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's a whole thing where it definitely was an eye opener when I thought about it today. Um, because I never really thought about how he tortured me. I just realized that he did torture me, but that was it, you know? Wow. That's, that's really powerful because I mean, that's a lot. Like, I mean, I was told by my mom, you know, that I was going to be given up for adoption, (laughs) Um, you know, you know, it's like screaming in my face. Do you want me to give you up for adoption at some point? I, I mean, I actually, I wanted to say yes, but I knew that would piss her off, you know, because she, whatever, she'd feel rejected. But to have the threat constantly hanging over your head, if 
you're going to have food and shelter one because you don't have money and then two this the only source that you can get it from might die it's like i'm really sorry that happened to you jesse that just that breaks my heart you know oh well you know thank you and also don't be sad for me because um i didn't even realize it until today yeah you know what i mean and i've already kind of moved on because yeah I'm at a place in my life where I've, I've kind of let go of a lot of things that just don't bring me any joy or, mm-hmm. and that's memories as well. You know what I mean? Like I can accept mm-hmm. the feeling and I can accept that it happened. And of course I'm never going to forget unless I get like Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. but I, you know, my body knows the trauma, my body remembers yeah. it. And I just want to try to release that the best I can. And Mm -hmm. I think that letting go through um, yoga, exercise, you know, meditation, Mm -hmm. whatever, um, even walking, you know, and it's it's just get out and think about it and accept that it happened and thank the universe for giving you that lesson. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been trying to do. And, And I've noticed that when I do that, I'm just a lot calmer, you know, Mm -hmm. where normally I would be like running around in a circle. (laughs) Right, right, and anxious, and right. you know, not being able to think clearly, and all this stuff. Um, I love that you said that, like letting go. That that's that's kind of in my theme. This the end, the kind of wrapped it up the end of this week, because like earlier in the week, um, I someone called me and told me my mother's up to her gaslighting, manipulative tricks again. You know, she's messaging people um, talking trash about me even pulling you into it and it really honestly doesn't even matter what she's saying because that's one thing that came to the conclusion because of course I get I'm like she's talking about stuff that when I was 14 years old that I did I mean I'm like okay I'm 44 now like that was 14 <laughs> like okay I snuck out a car she's um, mad about 30 years ago yeah it's like I snuck out a car while you were having sex with a boyfriend and his brother. Like, I mean, I, you know, anyway, but all that's petty. But I, so I was, you know, of course, I'm like, why is she still doing this? I'm not even talking to her. She's still, and then I was like, read something about, you know, people when they have opinions about you, it's really what the opinion is wrapped up in is their, their childhood, their past childhood stuff, and then their projection about how they feel about themselves. And then I was like, well, you know what? Her opinion, my mother's opinion of me is none of my business. And I was like, okay. And then I started reading this book um, called Letting Go by Dr. Hawkins. And I just, I haven't finished it. I just started it. But what you touched on is like people do all these things to try to like deal with their problems, meditate, exercise, crystals, go to the jungles of Costa Rica to do plant medicine. They do all the church, you know, all this stuff. But I mean, and everything, whatever works, right? Yeah. But one thing that a lot of people don't do is just surrender to it and let go. Right. And once you can actually understand what that really means, Mm -hmm. I think that's the most beneficial point because just saying the words, it's so easy. Oh, right. yeah, let it go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, I've had tattooed on your knuckles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've had times where I'm like, okay, I surrender. I surrender. I mean, I'm not really surrendering if I'm like screaming it like in an aggressive way. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to read more of this book. Um, because I feel like, you know, my, my mother's torture is that is like going and going around and, you know, and, you know, even right now, just talking about it makes me mildly anxious because it's like, I feel like I have to, and I don't have to, but it's, if I put myself, I'm putting myself like, she's not in control. I'm in control, but I'm putting myself back into that vibration of feeling like I got to defend and, you know, say snarky things about her and, and that's her and that low, and I'm lowering myself down to herself. Right. Like, Cause I really want to know what she said about me. But right, at the same time, right. I'm like, it's not going to benefit me in any way. But right. I still want to know, though, for the audience. Right. What right. does she say about then me? You're, because <laughs> right. Because then you're going to be like, well, that's not what happened. And then we're all defending ourselves. And then we're just all in her little circle of gossip, you know. And it doesn't even matter because she's never going to change. And, you know, it's it's sad because she's worthy of a great life and worthy of herself. But she's a very chronically unhappy person that feels rejected constantly. And she's looking outside of herself. Always Um, the victim. Always the victim. You know, I remember one time we were, she was texting me some crap and I was like, um, I really want you to be happy or something like that. And then of course, Oh, I'm happy. Oh, happy over here is what she texted. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, so like surrendering and letting go um, is um, is really profound. So I'll have to, on our next episode, talk more about that um, because I love that you're that thing that you're being able to see and recognize and think think the emotion because we do have shit like stored in there. I mean, like the other day, I was you know, getting irritable about something. I was like, why do I feel irritable in the afternoons? What, you know, why do I feel this way? And then I sort of went down this rabbit hole is I'm just so tired of doing everything on my own. I don't mean just being a single parent because I was doing a lot of stuff on my own, even during the marriage, but just my whole life. I just, I just, I had to stop doing the dishes and sit down and just cry and just be like, you know, just cry it out and just don't fight it. Cause I was trying to fight it. You yeah. Know? And I do know recognize that I got it irritable again the other day and dropping stuff and whatever things weren't going well. And so I do have difficulty just resting and just sitting. Cause I feel like I need to be doing something all the time, which I don't, but that's when I started picking up that book, um, letting go, um, and I was like, okay, that is my cue. When I start dropping stuff, I need to just sit down and not just say, cause I've done before you're safe, Christine, everything's okay. Cause you're, tra- you have to retrain my brain to know that there's nothing, there's not a lion in the room. <laughs> you know, your mom's not here. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not, the tiger's to- not chasing you. No, no. Right. And that's why we have anxiety, you know, it's mm-hmm. because our ancestors got chased by tigers literally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they literally had to live with sleeping with one eye open so to speak you know yeah 
And I think that's also why it's in our DNA to always be so anxious. And of course, there's been studies shown that with social media and even younger generations like Sophia's generation have way more anxiety because they're always trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, but on Instagram and TikTok. And Mm -hmm. um, I really want to know what the audience thinks about that if their kids have higher anxiety than they did when they were growing up Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've seen so many anxious kids and I'm like I was never that anxious I didn't care if people liked me or not right like I remember when I was in I guess the fourth grade I just moved to Golden Colorado and um, these girls said that they thought I saw dead people so they stopped hanging out with me and I just remember thinking, like, y'all are dumb. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, I did not care why y'all stopped hanging out with me. Yeah. I'm on my swing, on the swing set at recess. Like, I'm I'm good. And I've always been that way. I've mm-hmm. never really cared what pe- people thought other than, um, like, if I'm trying to get a job or mm-hmm. something like that. You know what I mean? But even when I go on a date, I'm just, like, my goofy self. I'm like, whatever, dude. You're either right. going to like me or not. I Most love of the time, that. people do not like me. <laughs> you're, you're so funny. Um, because you know why? Because you're a mirror, Jesse. You're a damn mirror for them, and they, they're, they're in. They can't be themselves a hundred percent, you know. And it's uncomfortable. You make them uncomfortable because you're just reflecting back to them their own shit. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And then I also will be really honest. Like I had a coach at the gym. He uh, dyed his hair blonde you know, and mm-hmm. um, we were talking about how people make mistakes and stuff uh, the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that time you dyed your hair blonde. So I'm just a big bully as well. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bully. And I try to be funny, but sometimes it just comes off mean. Yeah. How did he react? He walked away. Good for him. That was said. Did he even say anything? He, he smirked like good one. And then walked away because he was speechless. Like, he didn't know what to say. Yeah. But, I mean, some people just do not look good at blonde hair. Well, and how, and long, ago had it, how long ago had it been since he died? Like, how long? Like, What's... probably like two or three months. Okay. And he hadn't dyed it since? No. I Because I made fun like of him, either. too, when he dyed his hair blonde. I asked him if he lost a bet. What'd he say? No. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I don't even know what this guy looks like. But And had he ever dyed his hair blonde before? I don't know. Maybe, possibly. He, okay. I, yeah, every time I see him, it's always just black or brown, like dark brown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you he didn't like it either. And he probably got, you probably weren't the only one, you know? Um, you know, but I will say he didn't ask for an opinion, but your opinion is actually none of his business. Right. No. And I honestly, I, I think I have the rapport with people to poke fun when I probably don't have the rapport to mm-hmm. do that. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm being funny, but I'm actually just being hurtful. Again, get that from dad. You are hitting the nail on the head because that was a conversation I had with someone about dad was it was he, I, I feel like he almost liked it better than drinking. If he knew he was pushing your button, if he got a reaction from you, he would kept pushing and pushing and he I mean he literally would laugh so loud I mean you could hear him across a building you know his laugh was so loud and it would fill up the room and 
but he loved to press buttons. And yes. <laughs> I, I think that's why, which is so funny to me, like during holidays with his side of the family, he, it was like, he got a high off of that. He, I feel like he purposely got totally wasted at those kinds of things because first of all, he knew it pissed his family off. That was their button. And then he would just, I mean, roll in the mouth, no filter. I mean, how many times did I hear Grandma Lou, oh, Charles, or all of them, oh, Charles, you know. And that is me to a T. Mm. You know, I'm always saying things that people are like, did she really just say that? I'm worse than Donald Trump, y'all. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yes, um, that is too, too funny. Yeah, that's, I mean, that makes sense. He, He loved it, and... I will say that's one thing like from his death, like, you know, that kind of stuff back when being even an adult would embarrass the crap out of me, you know, so because I mean, not only would he push buttons, there was all this vulgar inappropriateness like with it, you know, and so it was highly embarrassing. But now I, I miss it. It's like interesting. I miss that laugh. I miss that mouth, you know, because. You never knew what was going to come out of it. And it, it was really funny. He was it really, was. really funny. Like, I remember we would drive by the junkyard and he'd be like, oh, look, it's the woman's parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that <Yeah>. too funny? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he had some very crazy jokes like, you know how to make a woman bisexual? You buy her things and she gets sexual. <laughs> And he had some really, really good one-liners. Yeah. And a lot of good racist jokes that, you know, (laughs) I am too afraid to tell. (laughs) Yeah. They're, 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 I I don't even, I can't even see I'm stumbling because I'm like, oh my God. But they were hilarious to anybody that is listening. They were hilarious. And um, if you have any sense of humor at all, you just laugh at it, you know? Yeah. Well, you don't even have to have a sense of humor, but <laughs> anyways, um, but yeah, I think that's great. I'm glad that we wrapped up this kind of talking about the roles and the families with addiction and dysfunctional families. It's going to be interesting to see what other kinds of stuff comes up for us. And I think it'd be great to talk to that guy that you at the gym that has given clarity because, I have questions too for him, you know, that I can't get answered really for anymore because dad's dead. Right. Exactly. And I think he would love to be on a podcast. He's also a rapper. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a very interesting person. Like not a bad, not a bad person. I'm going to stop using the word interesting. Jeez. Yeah. He's um... He's a very um, intelligent person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it seems like he's learned a lot from his experience. That's you know? wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, very good. Well, that's all I have for now to be continued, Jesse. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>